morning, Soraya. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good this morning. It's early. It's crisp. It's fall. <laughs> it's fall. Yes, yes, it is fall. But this morning we decided to do another album focus. Yes. Episode. Now it? it is an album focus that Jeff and I have wanted to do for a while, and now seems like as good a time as any. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. And the band we're going to focus on is Mary's Danish. And many of you will know that this was a project that uh, Louis Gutierrez uh, joined after leaving the three o'clock. Yes. So, and then Jeff, which is the album we're going to focus on? the meat of their sandwich of three. So this is the middle, the middle one of three. Um, yeah. They put out three. Awesome, let's jump into it. Hi, this is Soraya. And this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhymes. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agarubiar. Let's get groovy. All right, so Mary's Danish Circa album um, CD. So it did come out on vinyl, Soraya, but only in the Netherlands. So I've never been able to find a copy, but um, this is their album, Mary's Danish Circa, um, which came out after There Goes the Wonder Truck, their first album. And then shortly, Circa was shortly followed by their last album, American Standard. Right. Uh, I don't think we're gonna talk about too much about like the band in general, other than the album. Hopefully we can get into more of um, the band's history at some point. Right. Uh, we did talk to Lewis a little bit about it when we went through his whole career, <laughs> right? So, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, I remember a story about Mary's Danish and Neil Diamond, which yes. was pretty cool. We saw a photo of, of that gathering on, on the wall at Lewis's house. But so we're primarily going to talk about Circa, um, their album, but like you mentioned, Lewis did join the band and um, they were already a band, I believe, when he joined and they had um, different members that rotated. But on this particular album, it was Lewis on guitar and another guitar player named David King, who we learned recently passed away. Right. So um, we dedicate this episode to David's family for sure. Right. Um, then also a bass player that went by the name of WAG. And the drummer, what was his name? Bradley, and James Oliver Bradley Jr. was the drummer, amazing drummer. And two female front singers, um, Gretchen, who is now married to Lewis, mm -hmm. and Julie Ritter. I was trying to think of more bands, um, more rock alternative bands that had two female front singers. Um, Ronnie... Uh, brought up um one to me oh who did he bring up um throwing muses which was an american band oh, that were on yeah, 480. That's right. yeah. Uh, i know that ronnie really likes that band a lot throwing muses but other than them and mary's danish i couldn't think of a whole lot of 
or really any bands that had two female front singers. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, and I'm going back a while, but I don't know if we can consider Heart having yeah. two front, two female leads. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of them too. I, Nancy's their guitar player, but she definitely sang. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of a relatively unusual setup for bands. Usually, usually like there's one singer or everybody you know like the Beatles well everybody will you know get a song but like two primary front singers who basically are just the singers and don't really play instruments um right Julie played some instruments in Mary's Danish but it's an unusual lineup I think yeah Um, I do recall reading that they um were inspired at an X concert um to start the band uh Gretchen had mentioned that I thought that was kind of neat because I can kind of hear similarities in the arrangements of the vocals because John Mm -hmm. Doe and Xene would kind of sing like that um you know of course male and female vocals um but I do kind of hear some similarities in the way that Gretchen and Julie do their lead vocals in Mary's Danish show anyways I thought I'd bring that up as something unusual about their their lineup and I think oh go ahead yeah no go ahead I was just going to say, and I think you mentioned when you see band photos, it's not too often that you see a band photo with six or seven people in the band for, you know, rock bands. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about this album in particular is you hear a lot of different musical influences. It's, it really is woven into the fabric of this band and on this album. And when you put it in the context of time, Okay, so we're talking early 90s. There were a lot of different bands starting to kind of emerge. And uh, this was a unique band. They had a really different sound. And um, I say we just, let's dig in. Okay, yeah. Let's start with one of yours. Did you fall back into your pattern of picking the lead off track? I did. Uh, Ah! I mean... (laughs) <laughs> I did. So, I mean, I've been going to these emotional support groups for um, picking non lead off tracks and, you know, they, the, the support group helped for a little bit, but my, I just fell back into my old ways, but who knows, yeah. you know, fell off the wagon for a bit, but so <laughs> here we are starting with the lead off track on Circa. Uh, I did want to mention there's 17 songs on this. I want to talk a little bit about that later yeah. um, being in the CD uh, environment. But Yellow Creep Around was, is the leadoff song. Um, I know that the, their label released a promo CD of this, but I don't know if it was actually a single per se. Um, there's another track on the album, I think that they kind of pushed for the single. But anyways, let's listen to Yellow Creep Around and um, we'll talk about it later. Sounds good.
I like that little chime at the end. Right. So, Permanent Green Light sings about wine and conversation. Mary's Danish sings about wine and chloroform. So I think it's a totally different situation. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. They, and, and they do it with a really happy, clappy <laughs> beat too. Right, right. Yeah. There's a, uh, some pretty dark subject matter in a, a few yes. songs. But yeah, so this, I feel like this is definitely one of the more um, popular songs. I like the entire album. Um, again, it's 17 songs on the CD. Um, but the song, I think, is super catchy. Um, yes. And uh, like you mentioned, there's a lot of influences. You can hear a lot of rock, a lot of some funk, um, mm -hmm. soul here, um, even some um, folk. Later, there's um, Julie plays accordion on a few songs. But this, this song is definitely one that really stands out to me. But one thing that I wanted to mention at this time, a couple things. Um, when CDs came about, um, they were able to hold a lot more information than vinyl albums. Um, and there's pros and cons, of course, with vinyls and, or vinyl and CD. Um, one thing that was always good about CDs when they first came out, I could listen to it in my car. I could listen right. to it uh, going for a walk with my Sony Discman. Yep. A couple, yeah, a couple things that you couldn't do with, with vinyl, right? So you couldn't. You couldn't go for a jog and throw your vinyl on. So that, that was <laughs> a cool thing. But to me, Soraya, one thing that I, I felt like was a disadvantage, and I think it's because of my attention span, is bands started putting more songs onto their albums because they had more space and they could do so, where they couldn't do it on an album that could only hold, what, 30 to 45 minutes. And then so in, when CDs came about, you had these longer albums 60 70 80 minutes i think um so a lot of songs on circa and i love all of them but for me it's a it's a it makes for a long listen and i think yes. my attention span but i like all the songs and, and you make a you make a really interesting point about how cds you know they they changed how bands how people had access to music, right? Because then it was absolutely on demand wherever you were. You didn't have to be inside a place that had a turntable. But one of the things I also noticed too with uh, being able to put more material is they played around a lot with track placement. So, you know, you could almost bet when you had, when you had an LP from a band, especially a debut album, that lead off track was pivotal, right? And sometimes, and you're like, okay, this is kind of like the defining song or the song that speaks about this band. With CDs, sometimes you would find that track a little further down. And so I, fi I find the track listing to be, uh, I don't know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I assume it's still, purposeful in where it's placed but I found that you you could do deeper dives into an album and and find something that really kind of makes that that speaks about that that band I don't know these are just musings on right. a fall morning but, right 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 but um it, it's just interesting because you have so many more songs and um we start to see a different portrait of a band. So 
in my pick, I picked a song that's very different. And I, I have a small anecdote to share after. So my first pick is Tracy in the Bathroom Killing Thrills. <laughs> this song is a total freak out i freaking love this but to me it was like okay so compare lead off track which we had it's very catchy and then you get this song i mean this is track seven and this is just it's they throw everything at it and that's what i love but to me what i like about this song so much is lewis's guitar it's absolutely on fire on this track and that bass line it is and then you know how many freak out songs that highlight a bass and a guitar also have a sax you know yeah. I, I but that's what i like about this song is and i think this album too is every track showed me something different Right. Mm -hmm. So here's the anecdote, because, you know, I like to go and kind of find out peripheral information about these songs. I so love it. Um, on YouTube, someone's posted song. And then two years ago. So, OK, so this is public domain. I'm not spilling any secrets I, and I'm not purporting that this is 100 percent true. I'm just saying. This 
is an interesting addition. So two years ago, someone commented on the video. The person's name is Tracy Mason. Quote, only I would know why they wrote that song about me is because I was in the bathroom having sex with one of the members of Kill for Thrills when I was there as a guest of James from Mary's Danish, LOL. That was a long time ago, but it begs the question, should I get a residual from this song since it was, since I was the topic of it? Wow. Oh my God. So I just, <laughs> whether or not the story's true, I think it's, uh, I think it's hilarious. Oh so, my gosh. But the song is a total freak out. And if this woman's dalliance in a bathroom <laughs> inspired that, wow. Salute. Wow. Because <laughs> it's a cool song. It is a cool song. Yeah. I was going to say, um, what did you think about the lyrics? Because you're usually a lyric person. <laughs> an instrumental. Hey, you know what? Raya's first pick is an instrumental. Who knew? <laughs> you're keeping us on our toes. One instrumental how many bands throw that in but two uh and i i give this shout out to our our friend jim strong uh two minutes 22 seconds this is just one big whoosh yeah, yeah. of sound yeah. i love it very cool that that's a cool song and I, that that's an interesting story <laughs> um so in, in some places it's listed as Tracy in the bathroom killing thrills in other places like the back of the CD, it's just Tracy in the bathroom. So, all right, Tracy, what was her last name? The, Mason. All right, Tracy Mason. Good on you, girl. <laughs> if it's true. Who knows? That's funny. Um, so uh, your song has a funky, probably a wah guitar part. Um, my second song also has um a guitar part with uh, a wah pedal type sound um the song i picked is louisiana and i feel like this one is a little bit in between yellow creep around and tracy in the bathroom where it's um it's get, definitely got a little bit of that funk rock right. vibe but a, a little bit more song oriented um than that jam that we had with tracy um I don't know. Let's listen to uh, Louisiana and then um, I have another story.
What'd you think of that one? Ooh, so good. That Wawa pedal. Yeah. Got a workout. Yeah, I like the arrangement too. There's a few different parts. It's not verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, out kind of thing. Uh, the arrangement is really cool on that. And um, I did want to mention that um, Julie Ritter, the, one of the co-lead vocalists, plays accordion on that song. And John Grab is listed as the trombonist on that. So mm-hmm. pretty cool to have a funky song like that and a little bit of horns and the arrangement is really cool. But I did want to take this time to share a little story. So I don't know that I've ever talked about this. Um, I've been into music since like the age of five um, till present day. I, one of my first, I think my very first purchase with my own money was the Three Dog Night single. So instead of toys, I was going for vinyl singles at the age of five. But um, anyways, there was a period of time about from 1988 to 1992, where I kind of dropped out of listening to music. I had three young daughters born 88, 89, and 91. I was working two jobs, a full-time job and a part-time job, going to school at the same time, coming home and taking the kids for a walk in the stroller. And um, during that period of time, I kind of didn't have time for music. So I kind of... um, lost out on whatever or whatever, you know, what, what, what was going on. I wasn't paying attention to what was going on. And as the girls got a little bit older and they didn't need to be, I wasn't changing diapers all the time or, or going to work or school um, around very early in 1993, started picking back up um, and paying more attention to music. And I had found in 93 that, Hey, a couple of years ago, Lewis had a band, um, Mary's Danish. And so I bought circa um i think it was on cassette my wife chris and i had just started dating and um uh, like i said i was like oh lewis is is in music again you know post three o'clock he's doing something so i looked in our local reader which i think you guys have the recycler or you guys might have a reader too in la (laughs) there was a reader okay yeah so it it, yeah it would i think it's might still exist but um, a lot of articles about a lot of different things. Um, it was a free um, newspaper that you could pick up weekly and it would show, there was a section that an uh, events or entertainment section that would show all the concerts. And I saw that Mary's Danish was playing like that same week that I had just discovered that Lewis was in the band playing at the coach house in Southern California at San Juan Capistrano um, on a dual lineup with another band that I really liked, Grant Lee Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I asked Chris at one of our first dates, uh, I think our very first date might've been Disneyland, but one of our first dates, if she wanted to go to a concert with me and we went to see Mary's Danish and Grantley Buffalo. And it was an amazing show. And just seeing Lewis back on stage, totally different uh, Lewis than I had remembered him. He had tattoos on his arms by this time, had cut off shirts. And um, I think he was wearing jeans, but it wasn't like the, the, the paisley polka dot orange hair um guy from the three o'clock i mean this guy looked a little bit rougher um and um was coming out with this heavier rock sound funk sound wah and i was like whoa mind blown but they were amazing and seeing julie and gretchen up front just never heard anything like that um anyways so uh th- this came out during that period of time when um when I wasn't really paying attention and was very pleasantly surprised getting back into music to discover this. And one last thing before we go to your last pick, 
uh, as we were listening to Louisiana, another band came to mind. Um, I don't know how popular they were, but there's this band um, from um, uh, a Dutch band called Grupo Sportivo. Were you ever aware of them? I, I know of them. They kind of, they're kind of have like a B-52s vibe, um, like pretty new wavy and um, whimsical. I would, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good way to describe B-52s, but anyways, they had a, a lineup where it was like really three lead singers, a male and two females. And a lot of the times the two females would sing, but Louisiana, the way that Julie and Gretchen are singing kind of reminded me of yeah. it. So another band came to mind, but anyway. That is, and that is a great song. Yeah. I just, I love everything that they put on it. The arrangement is fantastic. Even the horns. You're okay with the horns? Hell yes. <laughs> yes. I anytime when there's a brass section on it on a song, I'm I'm there. Cool. I'm there. Cool. And and it it just speaks to the fact that I love soul music. I like R and B and then you hear it in a rock song, it's like pleasant because you see that kind of brought in. All right, my last pick is a song called Venus Loves Leonard. So I didn't realize that I picked a seven and a fourteen. So I guess I was going for multiples of seven who knows but venus loves leonard and again song under three minutes i'm I'm surprising myself right now (laughs) um but i just i like this song a lot let's hear it we'll talk about it after
<laughs> There's a lot of French going on in there. What's going on? Do you know what they're saying? That's uh, I'd have to remind. I'd have to get myself back into French. <laughs> I do. Rem- Some of it I picked up. Yeah, I do remember that they um that there was something about France that I was reading when I was reading their bio, and I I don't remember what that was. Um, that um oh it says here that Gretchen um was a big fan of Elvis Costello and um in 85 she was going to Berkeley studying French and she had plans um in her sophomore year um to go to France or something like that um Mm -hmm. but why'd you pick this song one because it uses a foreign language (laughs) two I love, we talked about X way at the beginning and this song just reminds me of an X song. Oh. But um, I just love the energy of this song. And again, those, you know, you and I have talked about it before, how really talented Lewis is on the guitar. And that's all I hear in this song. It's just guitar, guitar, guitar. Um, And that ending is really cool. Yeah. But of course, you know, song that uses a foreign language in it. Why not? I I just like it. And I think you and I have picked four songs that show how varied the offerings are on this album. You know, uh, they're not just carbon copies of another. And they really were doing interesting things with the arrangements um and there's a lot of energy behind each and every song and so mary's danish was different and at the time that they were on the scene you know um things different things were happening and then you know you just you're just curious we get three albums and then yeah yeah so i think um so going back to a little bit about the history so their first album they released on a label called chameleon uh this one circa came out on a label called morgan creek and three months after circa was recorded morgan creek wanted them back into the studio to record their last out what ended up being their last album american standard right. so morgan creek was really pushing them out as a label to get it done and then uh, I think we learned from Lewis that the band actually never officially broke up that's correct they had a lot of label issues and I don't think they've I think I read that they never got any royalties for their album from the label even though it sold like at 40,000 copies or 35,000 copies or something but they never received any royalties to it so I think after American Standard there were some label issues and right they were the band was holding out and kind of nothing ever like materialized so the musicians started doing different things saying okay as a band we can't do anything because we're kind of tied up by these label issues that haven't been resolved and everybody basically did we're, we're doing their own thing but I think when we talked to Lewis he said well we never really broke up it's true so and it's funny uh someone come again comment on youtube said 
hey guys i'm waiting for the reunion tour <laughs> and i'm like yeah yeah that would have been cool and now david king is gone but um it'd be yeah it'd be yeah. very cool to learn some more about this band. hopefully at some point we can absolutely yeah but it it was an interesting um project and really interesting band the influences and this was a this is a good listen and if you haven't listen to circa in a while pick it back up worth it yeah agreed agreed so let's get into them some more later at a different time but sounds good i think circa is a great place to start perfect all right well until till we meet again soraya (laughs) (laughs) that was so final uh yes until we see each other again mi gente people. talk about Circa, which has many songs on it. 17. 17 and a half, I read. 17 and a half. Yeah. Where, where does this half portion It's an instrumental. In? Isn't the instrumental? There's actually a few instrumentals on the album. There's, I think, a total of 14 songs with three instrumentals. Well, any Maybe. of it, as far as putting the instrumentals on there, I mean, do you think that, that a radio station would ever play it? I would hope so. I doubt I it. So. Yeah. yeah. Maybe behind, like, the weather report or something. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> Well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go get a copy of the album. We'll just play it under the interview. There you and, go. And we'll okay. get it out there. Subliminal. Um, it's been a long time between this one and There Goes the Wonder Truck. What was the delay and, and all that stuff? Basically a lot of red tape from our old record label. We were getting off Chameleon um, and, and looking for a new label, which ended up being Morgan Creek. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just difficult. There's a lot of stuff, to, a lot of legal stuff to go through right. when, you're, when you're getting off a label. How's this album different? It's, uh, it's the first album that was done with with Lewis and James completely in the group. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the writing process is a little different. It was much more democratic. And um, just we wrote much more as a group. And a lot of it was written in the studio, where we, we booked out a lot of time up at our up at some big old studio in the valley. And uh, we just wrote together as a group. Whereas the other stuff was a little more like Julie and I writing a lot of stuff together and Gretchen Wag writing a lot of stuff together. This was much more of a group effort. And let's go back to the phones. Okay. Let's go to this one. Hello? Hello, Gia? Hi. Hi. Yeah, I wanted to ask him a question. You guys sound like uh, the throwing muses. you think you guys have any influence about them? Um, I'm, I'm not me. Um, I personally don't listen to much of the throwing muses. Maybe Gretchen does. Yeah, Gre- Julie and I do. Gre- yeah, Gretchen and I do. does. Um, Julie and I do a lot. I really like the throwing muses. Um, but I, as far as influence, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't say so. But we love them. 